we'll probably get Lincoln Riley. So, I mean, I, I don't care about this season. Hope Springs eternal when you're getting a new coach, I guess. Lincoln Riley, director of sportsmanship of the Big 12. Golly. Well, look, I don't actually think we're going to get Lincoln Riley. I think it's kind of a pipe dream, and I think he's using LSU for leverage and OU. But a lot of people think we're going to get him, and that would just be that would be very good. If not, we might take Dave Aranda. So no, don't take Dave Aranda. He's, he is a legit. Uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's a legit candidate for. I mean, he obviously coached LSU before there. He's right. very familiar with everybody there, so he's a legit no. candidate. Don't take especially Dave Aranda. Especially after beating OU. Especially oh. beating OU. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but if it's not it. us, if it's not us last year, I'm afraid it's probably going to be USC. Welcome back to episode 11 of the FL FFL podcast. It's your host coming back at you again, back off the vacay, Matthew Honeycutt, and again, co-host John Lassie and William Myers. What is going on, guys? How are y'all doing? Oh, man, you know, we're we're back to normal now that you're back, Honeycutt. I can't believe you, you actually you had some really good insight on the last podcast, man. You need to bring that same same energy um same vibe to this this week's episode thank you I, I i know i'll never be able to top it at all never i actually have a note later on in the podcast about your value as a fantasy football podcast host but we'll hit on that a little bit later <laughs> great so, can't can't <laughs> wait yeah it's it's a good note i think you'll appreciate it i'm that's great. what i'm talking about you're talking about you and my top performers so yeah I feel loved, guys. I feel cared for. Thank you. I wouldn't say that just yet. Okay, just great. Just say you're excited to hear the analysis. Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait for the analysis. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Well, and hopefully our people in the podcast waves uh, can't wait to hear our analysis either. Um, so let's go ahead and get rolling. Let's get into it. Episode 11. John, you want to hit us with the pod stats? I would love to. So we have 173 plays all time. 50, 15 estimated audience and 14 unique listeners. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, um, episode 10 was the the highest listened episode because we had like 500 listeners and they all sit in um, comments and questions and they talked about how, you know, it was just so much shorter and normal. And I'm, I'm just kidding. We didn't have that many listeners to the last episode. Nice. Good job. I, I was gonna go. Yeah, I, know. I was gonna. I can't. I guess I can't. I can't. I need to stop ragging on Honeycut. We did that enough in the last episode. So I would keep dishing it out. I'll dish it right back this week. Can't wait. As per usual, you know, we don't have any mailbag questions. Come um, on, people. Come on, listeners. They. I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh. Our handle is in the show notes if you want to check that out. And so is our, our email address. So shoot us an email. Check us out on the social meds. Uh, hit us up with some mailbag questions. Nice. Well, um, I, I, I'm ready to hop in and see what happened last week in fantasy football. So, Will, you want to give us a quick takeaway? Yeah, quick takeaway is the rest of the league is shaking in their boots at my team these days after my brilliant trades. Um, but the other takeaway that I had is the Chargers 
the fantasy darlings of the first half of the season have had a tough go of it recently. Mike Williams hasn't hit double digits since week five. Can you guys believe that? Mm, Since week five, he hasn't hit double digits. Man, he was on a tear. (laughs) I know. He was getting like 30-point games. It was crazy. We were saying he's not a boomer of us because he was three for four and – or maybe it was four for five in like 20-point games or whatever. But he has been awful. He's become a huge liability for uh, Hold My Cooks. So we'll see how that plays out the rest of the season. But So he's had a rough go recently. <clears throat> Austin Eckler has broken 20 once in the last four games. And he has nice. not scored more than 15 in the other three. So he had one 20-point game. And then the rest have been sub-50 in the last four games. That's not hmm. great. And then lastly, Justin Herbert has scored more than 13 points only once since week five. That's four games because they had a bye. But that's incredible that a quarterback has scored more than 13 points just once. Um, so that's really the the Chargers have just really struggled. Now, Keenan Allen has been good. He's been solid, if unspectacular, all season long. But he's kind of maintained that. He's probably you know a really solid wide receiver, too, at this point in the season. Um, but yeah, the rest of the Chargers have had a tough go of it the last four or five weeks. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they were the hot team. I feel like the first four weeks of the season, and then oh, I almost traded the farm for Austin Eckler. Yeah, because he was so hot. But that well, I mean, he's still in the top four uh, running backs, but he he hasn't produced regularly. I would right. Say. He he has been very high or low. You know, mm-hmm. like it's. And I think I mentioned this last week. I really do value consistency yeah, out of my players. And Austin Eckler, the last four games, 9.5, 24.4. That's great. 11.2. That's not what you want at Austin Eckler. And 14.9. So yeah. in the last four games, he's averaging, what, 14 points or something like that? Like, that's not, that's not very good. So especially out of a guy like him. Especially out of a guy who was drafted – 11th overall in the league. Yeah, like you want that guy to be a 20-point every single game kind of a player, mm-hmm. or if not 20 points really close, and he's definitely not been that, been that the last five weeks. But I don't know if it's all his fault. The Chargers, as a team, have just not – I mean, Justin Herbert's been terrible too from a fantasy perspective. So yeah. um, it's just been tough sledding for Chargers uh, owners this week or the last sure. several weeks. And do you know, what are their matchups coming up? Can we foresee maybe it picking up at all or let's I can check that. Give me one second. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. managers out there that are like, what's going on with the Chargers? Pitt at Denver at Cincy, Giants, Casey, Houston, Denver, Las Vegas. Those are their last mm. eight games. There's um, three or four in there that it should be decent fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. they they should but like week eighteen, that's Las Vegas. We won't count that from a fantasy perspective but yeah i guess it would be 15 16 17 which are the playoffs kansas city at home in san diego or in in, uh, los angeles at houston and denver at home so yeah it's not bad they should they should be able to make some waves although kansas city's defense has been playing really well but and denver's not bad either denver's not bad um they're definitely right decent defense so yeah well, we'll keep an eye on the Chargers. Uh, thanks for the takeaway, Will. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to pose a question to y'all. Um, who led the Seahawks in points from last week? This is a up? great question. 
So the I four, actually have no idea. So I can the, guess if you want me to, but I have no idea. The, the four different points that I'm going to work with is a 4.3, 5.2, 5.6, and 14.3. Who had the 14.3 for the Seahawks? Um, Lassie, do you know? No, I think Alex Collins was 4.3, and I think Russell Wilson was the 5.6. Um Oh gosh, I didn't. Who would have been? It wasn't Lockett. I know he had a bad game. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you're saying asking this honey cut because it's a surprise, or is it not really that big of a surprise? Um, it's a. I I would say it's a surprise. Yeah, I have That's no idea. I mean, I assume it's not DK Metcalf. So I'll go. I'll work my way down. So the 4.3 was Lockett, 5.2 was Russell Wilson, the 5.6 was DK Metcalf, and the 14.3 I didn't even cover Alex Collins because his was worse than these. Yeah. Uh, and so the 14.3 was Gerald Everett, the tight Gerald end. Gerald Everett. You know, I, I thought yeah. I was like maybe it's the tight end. He had. I couldn't think of who it was. He had okay, eight catches. Sense. He had eight wow. targets, eight catches. <laughs> His best game of the season by far, and no one else was anywhere to be found. They looked, they looked awful. I mean, Russ, he he he's gonna get better, but it was just a bad game. I, so this is this is the question that I posed maybe a week or two ago. He just well, I was injury. I was killing myself because I was like, I thought of that before I played him. I'm like, okay, we just talked about this on the podcast, but I was like, I have to. Both of my QBs were on by, so I was like, I'm yeah. gonna have to roll the dice. I mean, I th- I feel like Russell is one of those guys you have to play. He, I mean, I agree, Lassie. I agree. It's just an observation that I had. And I think, you know, if you have Russell Wilson, you play him. But, you know, I'm, I'm planning on starting Saquon Barkley this week, uh, you know, assuming he comes back, which I think he will on Monday night. And, well, maybe I won't start him if I don't get clearance by Monday night. But my point is, is, you well, know, I would be weary. I think exactly. you're, you may be on to something. I really be on to something there. So we'll have to see. But I thought that was a crazy takeaway. I mean, the Seahawks, was just, they were just bad. They got shut out. I think it was the first time Russ has been shut out his whole career. I saw that on mm. the TV uh, yeah. broadcast. Yeah. He'll nice. he'll he'll be back. I mean, I think he just was – he didn't practice at all, obviously, during, you know, when he was injured. And I, I heard he was keeping his conditioning up so that – you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have been a factor, but I mean, I think it's Russell Wilson, you know, he's, he's too good to not come back from that. Yeah. And he did throw two picks. So he would have had a way more points if he could have just eliminated one of those, but anyways, well, that's my one takeaway. Lassie, what do you got for your takeaways? Yeah. So we've talked about this. I think I can't remember um, if it was last week or the week before, but just Patrick Mahomes had been on a pretty bad you know, slide of games. I think three, two or three games in a row, he had under 10 points. Um, I may be wrong on that. Um, intern Steve may need to fact check me there, but uh, obviously this past week, he just, he killed it. I mean, he had over 30 points. Um, you know, I, I've, I was thinking um, after those three games that he had, that was really bad. And just watching the Kansas city offense made me wonder if Pat, if the league has figured out Patrick Mahomes, you know, has have they, figured out how to make him uncomfortable enough. Um, it seemed like every play um, Kansas city was trying to make the hero play that be super fancy and, uh, you know, 
like a 50 yard pass and stuff that just, it wasn't working out. They seemed to get back to the basics this game and he killed it. I mean, he had a really great game. So question for y'all, I guess is, is Patrick Mahomes back? Is he, are we going to see this moving forward? Um, you know, the normal Patrick Mahomes that we know, or, or is this a standalone game and, and he's going to get back to what he, he was doing the last three weeks. I'm not betting against him. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm... I mean, he's got a, a several year long track record. I guess it's like two and a half years now where he's been very, very, very good. And yeah. I was looking, I'm looking at his stats and obviously completion percentage, I would have to assume correlates with fantasy production. But in the three games you're talking about where he got under 10 points, basically. His completion percentage was 57 and 54, but in other games it's 75, 77, 80, 70, so 68. So, I mean, I think it was probably just an anomaly, you know, because yeah, the the rest of his season stats are fantastic. Obviously, he's really good. He only had one game under 20 points in his first six, and it was 18.1, and then he tailed off a little bit. So I'm not betting against him. All that to yeah. say, I think he's fine. I would yeah. start him. Man, and, and I had firsthand – I was a firsthand witness of this. I thought the person I was playing this week had somebody else in their lineup and then last minute put Mahomes in and then he goes off. <laughs> that's 38. Yeah. So, kill, killed me. Absolutely killed me. Um, I would I would probably say I want to throw out some sort of bet for the rest of the season for him. I feel like he'll score over 20 points the remainder of the season. I want to say something like that. I don't know if I want to go that far, but I think I'll, he's... T- I'll take you on that, that he'll have at least one game under 20 points the rest of the season. Well, I know you will. That's because I <laughs> got to give mods there, Lassie. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I think he's going to be fine at the end of the yeah. day. Ultimately, I think you're right too. I mean, he, like Will said, he's had a track record, you know, being in the league, being successful. Um, it seemed like the, this last game they really – I mean, he, th- he threw a lot to Kelsey. He threw a lot to Hill, you know, like – and maybe it was just the defensive plan too against them. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to be just fine as well. Um, that kind of leads me to my next uh, thing. And, and we um, – I, I saw this tweet from Mike Clay, who is uh, ESPN Fantasy Analyst. Um, he puts this out every week. Um, it's like a fantasy football strength of schedule. Um, where he has each team get each team in each position. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end gets like ranked as far as their raw and their adjusted, which raw is based on their fantasy fantasy points allowed to each position so far. Adjusted is that, but um, it's based on fantasy points allowed above expected, which helps you normalize for for volume. So, for example, um. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for Kansas City, has the hardest remaining schedule, meaning like, or one of the hardest remaining schedules, meaning like teams have quarterbacks against the teams he will play in the next four weeks have scored the least amount of points. Yeah. Mm. Um, no wonder you take that bet. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to hold on to that yeah. before. <laughs> got an ace I, was, I was trying to bait you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for I'll just run through the top and bottom of these real quick. So uh, Las Vegas quarterbacks have actually both raw and adjusted are 
are top. They're they're ranked the the teams they'll play next. The court, quarterbacks have scored the most and adjusted have scored the most against um against these teams that they, that they'll play for running backs. It's Denver is top, and probably one of the low, lower ones is New England. Um, for wide receivers, Philadelphia is up there. Um, for both raw and adjusted, and the lowest is probably um Washington. It looks like. And then tight ends, the top is like, which is funny because they don't really have any tight ends. Washington or the Giants um, are good. And the worst is like Detroit um, or Buffalo. So anyway, just interesting that, you know, rest of the season, um, Will, that was part of why I was so high or higher on Derek Carr. Now, so far, it hasn't panned out over Kirk Cousins, but I've been, I was higher on Derek Carr because I knew that they were, he had an easier, you know, him versus uh, where's Minnesota? So Derek, uh, Las Vegas um, against their remaining opponents is is ranked first in raw and first in adjusted. Minnesota is twenty fourth and twenty sixth. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, just interesting. I, I love seeing like kind of analysis like that, and you know, helping that help using that to help me make fantasy decisions. So yeah, do you want to get us the top maybe the top three in the receivers because that covers probably the most players. Yeah. So top is Philadelphia is ranked one and two for raw and adjusted. Then Carolina is two and four uh, for raw and adjusted. And then I'm just kind of eyeballing it here. The next one maybe would be um, the Jets are four and six. The uh, Miami is six and 12. Green Bay, five and 12. Dallas, seven and six. Mm. So. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's a cool little stat there, or a cool little analysis. Yeah, it yeah, could really it really helps you look at the schedule and be able to maybe make some game time decisions on who you want to play. Yeah, for sure. All right, everybody, that's our takeaway from Week Ten. We're gonna go. We're gonna fly through our top four player rankings from each position: um, quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Stafford and Jackson drop out. Running backs, we got Jonathan Taylor taking the one spot. Uh, Derek Henry still at number two. Three is Austin Eckler still hanging in there. And then Najee Harris, probably the rookie of the year, is in the four, maybe. Uh, Taylor and Henry flipped. Um, Wide receivers, we have Cooper Cup hanging in at one. Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuels. Debo Samuel. I did it again. (laughs) Uh, I read the S off Devontae Adams. Um, and Devontae Adams is number four. And then tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Mike Gusecki, and Kyle Pitts rounds out and is sliding in top four. So quick question, Honeycutt. If Najee Harris is top four and Kyle Pitts are top four, how do you determine rookie of the year? I, I, it's probably going to go with who's good, in the good question. Yeah. Jamar question. Chase still is outperforming both of those guys as where, where we expected them to be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't have said Kyle. Oh, we've talked about Kyle Pitts being a top four. I don't know if beginning of the season would have said Najee would have been top four, but he's definitely a top 10. Jamar Chase, no one, I mean, I'm Will, short of Will, no one, no one besides Will thought he was going to be very good this, I mean, like, you know, have, uh, top, I think he's still in the top five. Like that's, a, it's just incredible. I, I feel like it's, he's really think, run away with it. 
I think he might be. He fell out because he had his bye last week, but he'll he'll jump back up. I believe. I think he he might be five. I think he might. Brett, let me check on that real fast for us. But I think he's he seven, five. Yeah, maybe. Oh, five. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to maybe who has the most opportunities to make plays down the stretch, maybe a playoff run or something. I don't know. Which I think the Steelers may have the best shot. Najee Harris. Um, don't think the Falcons do. Jamar I mean, Chase, it's, though, it's could. pretty well, isn't it? Wouldn't you say it's pretty well known that in PPR leagues, running backs score more than wide receivers in general? Especially running backs. No, I would, I would not say in general. No, I think the top ones do. Like, but I think in general, because it's PPR, unless you have a pass catching running back, they're not going to score so, as much. So, you're, well, you're I, like, my, uh, my point is Najee has 179.3 points overall. Jamar has 172.2. And so I feel like Najee, I mean, he's going to get, he's, he's, Najee is not a, a run only back. He, I mean, he has 44 receptions on the year. Mm-hmm. And so, well, to, let me to to your point, Lassie. Just real quick, because I'm looking this up. Four, three of the top five scores are wide receivers for the flex position. So Cooper Cup's one, Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and then you have Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, but then it's Devonta Adams, Jamar Chase, and Travis Kelsey, Hollywood Brown. So. I, I think it's not necessarily the case, but I think you do make a good point that Jamar Chase has scored competitively with a pass catching running back. Yeah. If that's the point that right. you're making. That is what I'm trying to make. I mean, I think yeah. it and I think that's hard that's hard to do for a receiver. I mean, not many receivers are gonna be doing that, you know. And Cooper Cup is obviously dominating this year, but he's an anomaly. I mean, he he's, he's not going to, you know, I don't think Cooper Cup's going to maintain that pace for the next three years. <laughs> you know, like he's not yeah. going to all of a sudden become the most dominant wide receiver in fantasy football. And so, I, you know, I think, I mean, Najee Harris being up there, but Jamar Chase being right there, I mean, only seven points behind Najee as far as overall score is pretty impressive to me. I would say just a, especially a considering note. Najee's usage. I mean, there's nobody competing with Najee. Jamar Chase mm-hmm. has to compete with Boyd and Higgins for targets and Joe Mixon. I mean, like, well, it's not, I, that's just the reality. Najee is, he's get, he's playing all the snaps. There's not, you know, I mean, well then I, I have a, a counterpoint to that. Cause I agree with you. Najee Harris is playing all the snaps and he's been a very good, solid back. But his highest score is 29, and his second highest score is 24. Now, if he's the only guy on that offense, you would expect him to put up numbers like Jonathan Taylor's putting up or how Derrick Henry is putting up. Or I mean, at yeah, least he's, one 30-point game. He's not the only guy in the offense. Deontay Johnson has been really good this no, year. No, I don't think he's the only guy in the offense. He's the only guy in his position. I mean, there's – Right, no and last thing, I agree with you, but he he has not had a thirty point game, and for someone who is the he is the ultimate like usage back in the NFL. He's on the field pretty much every play, and he's yet to score thirty points. Sure, like, but I mean, like, and Jonathan Taylor's highest highest is what um, thirty two point nine. 35, I mean, from week nine, sorry. And his his lowest is 6.3. What's Najee's oh, lowest? Of like course. 16. 
Of course. And I'm I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. Something has changed in Indianapolis because from week four on, Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor's been phenomenal. And yeah. he's had a 33-point game, a 29.8 game, a 35-point game, and a 25.6 game. Only one of Najee Harris's point totals would even be in that group. Right. And, and if Jonathan Taylor were a rookie, I'd say he's rookie of the year. Look, I love Najee Harris. I think he's a great player. Um, and I think he's a value, a valid option for rookie of the year. But for someone who was used so much, and I just thought of this, it's kind of shocking he hasn't had a 30-point game yet. Mm-hmm. To me, that's shocking. I mean, yeah. he is he is just a rookie. Running back is a hard position um, to learn at the NFL level. Of course it is. So is wide receiver. Jamar Chase is a 36.1 game two weeks ago against Baltimore. Yeah, but when you got so, speed and you can move like he can, you can run yeah, around. What, Najee Harris isn't an athlete? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's let's move on to the next thing, get out of the top fours. I did want to bring up this little segment. There's a few players that I've looked at that I feel like are flying under the radar that aren't getting talked about a ton, and they're producing pretty well. So the first guy is RB11, um, 147.9 points. He was drafted 103 uh, in our league, and then he's had seven weeks over 10 points, and that's James Conner. Um I know his points are kind of inflated a little bit with the 40-point game, but still he's at RB11, and no one really talked about him uh, because they weren't sure who was going to win the backfield for the Cardinals. And it looks like he's actually panned out and has kind of gotten more of the carries, probably 60-40 now to Chase Edmonds um, lately. So keep an eye on him. Somebody kind of flying under the radar. Uh, yeah, and to your point, Honeycut, real quick, I think if you even cut that 40-point game in half, I think he's still probably averaging close to 15 points, probably not quite 15 based on just me eyeballing it, but that's pretty darn good. Regard, mm-hmm. You know, even if you take away that 40-point game, I think it's pretty impressive. Yep. And then the second guy uh, is a receiver, um, wide receiver eight currently, 160.7 points, drafted 120th in our league. He's had four 20-plus uh, weeks and eight weeks over 10 points, which is pretty consistent. And this is Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts. I mean, I think he kind of had the number one receiver, um, but there was a question mark, and no one knew about the offense with uh, Carson Wentz coming in. But he has been the guy that he's relied on, and he's had some big weeks, uh, probably the last three or four. Is that right, Lassie? Because I know you got him on your team. Yeah, he's been the last four, 21.5, 30.6, 17.4, and then this week he was 12.1, so not great. Yeah, I mean, but still, <clears throat> uh, that's, that's pretty good consistency from a receiver who was drafted 120th overall in our league. I don't know about most leagues, but um, that's pretty crazy. So he's kind of flying on the radar and producing pretty well as in the top 10. Well, and just just a little comparison, uh, not stats or anything wise, but I just I heard today on a, another podcast that um, some people were comparing uh, Rashad Bateman this year to Michael Pittman Jr. left from last year. So Michael Pittman mm-hmm. was not that great last year. People he was kind of hyped a lot. I mean, semi a lot coming into the draft, you know, from the from the draft and everything. Yeah, he and was a Blitnikoff finalist. Yeah, he's a yeah. Blitnikoff finalist. He's a good player. 
Um, and he didn't, he didn't do a lot last year and he's had to kind of a seemingly breakout season this year. People are talking that same way about Rashad Bateman, um, you know, being, um, that his breakout's going to come either. I mean, maybe this year, but next year for sure that he, he could easily be a top 20 guy next year. Yeah. And, and again, this kind of goes to what you were just saying, Will, the Colts have kind of figured something out these last four or five weeks and the offense seems to be rolling and he seems to be a big part of it along with the running back, Jonathan. Taylor. Yeah. Now, if I recall correctly, they played some bad teams. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So, so the last two weeks, so Jacksonville and the jets, that's terrible. Now, Michael Pittman Jr., for example, scored 30 points against the against the um, Titans, excuse me. And then they beat San Francisco at San Francisco and then Houston. So those were the last five games. So three teams that aren't very good, Tennessee, which is a really good team, and San Francisco, who I would say is probably a good, not great team right now, mm-hmm. if that's yeah. fair to say. What are they, four and four? Something like that. So Something like that. They looked a lot better last night. Yeah. So I, I, they, they've played some good teams, but he's produced. He produced against the Titans, for example. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, on to the quarterback position. The man, the myth, the legend uh, for our league anyways. Uh, he is quarterback 10 right now, 175.3 points. He was added from waivers, so he wasn't even drafted. And he's had five 20-plus weeks, uh, 20 – 20 plus point weeks. And that's Kirk cousins, my favorite player. <laughs> I, I mean, just, just consistent gets the job done. I think uh, I was looking at, it and I think there's like 14 points separating um, seven to 12 uh, quarterbacks um, that are uh, quarterback seven through quarterback 12. So, I mean, he's hanging in there almost in kind of close to the top seven, which is just crazy. Uh, so, Guy who's kind of flying under the radar, just kind of a plug-and-play guy. Who in our league has him on? Will, do you have him? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just a great quarterback back up to have on your bench to toss in, and and he's pretty consistent. So, that's the quarterback position. And then the tight end. This is my favorite because I love this guy. He is tight end five currently, 108.3 points. He was drafted 165th. He's had five weeks of 10-plus points. And that is Hunter Henry, Woo Pig Suey from the nice. Razorbacks. Nice. No, no one would have thought he was going to be tight in five by this time. And he's had some, he's just been pretty consistent across um, all the weeks. And we know that the Patriots did, they did spend a lot of money on tight ends this year, bringing in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. So um, I'm glad they're using him. Yeah. And I still had a, I think in my head, this is at least how I was thinking. I had a question mark by both those guys. Cause I was like, I don't really know how they're going to use them. John o. Smith was a good guy tied in at one point. Hunter Henry's kind of fallen under the radar. Hasn't really performed well, but I feel like he's way outperforming where people thought he was going to be. So well, and then to your point, I think Mac Jones and the Patriots have figured something out as well. Like they're, they're playing very well. And I think, Hunter Henry is obviously a talented guy. Everyone knows he's a talented player. He has been for years. But, no, you're right. To put this kind of production is impressive. Yeah, so I think those are – John, you got something before I wrap it up? Oh, yeah, I was going to say Hunter Henry, he leads the league in in touchdowns of tight ends, uh, leads tight ends in touchdowns. And then I was going to say, speaking of of that specifically, it does look like he is – which most tight ends are – kind of touchdown dependent. I mean, the games he didn't get a touchdown, he scored in single digits pretty much. 
Um, but still, you're right. Solid player, tight end five, especially for where he's drafted. I mean, that's a huge value. So, Yeah, and so I just I wanted to circle all those guys and just guys that we don't really talk about, but they're performing pretty well and being consistent. So maybe some trade bait for some guys, maybe some guys that you would look at to go get. Um, so just wanted to mention those. you want Kirk those. Cousins, give me a call. <laughs> I, will part ways. Ways. I will part ways with him happily. Oh gosh. Oh, that's funny. I thought you loved Kirk Cousins. Oh, like Cousin Dangereux. Uh, oh gosh. All right. Well, that wraps up top fours and flying under the radar players. Um all right, let's let's hop in. Top players from week 10. Um Will, who you got for your top players? Yeah, this one's easy. Daryl Williams, Kansas City running back, 30-plus fantasy, fantasy points. Uh, an amazing touchdown catch. I don't know if y'all saw that, but it was yes, it was, it was amazing. Uh, solid outing from Williams. Career backup, literally backed up his entire career at LSU. Backed up Fournette and Darius Geis. <clears throat> and then has obviously been a backup in Kansas City his entire career, but really solid player for Kansas City. Obviously not much in fantasy production, but he's been very good for them as a backup. And when he get his when he got his chance, he performed really well. And I, I want to touch on Mahomes. He scored 40 points, uh, more about seven points more than anyone else. Great week by him and really the entire Kansas City offense. A lot of them scored a lot of points this week. Yeah. Well, and to piggyback off that, um, my top performers, uh, just backup running backs who had incredible weeks. Daryl Williams was one. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, the backup, technically the backup for the Patriots, 28.4 points. And then A.J. Dillon, 28.6 points. And, boy, let me tell you, he was running over some folks. He looks really good. I don't think they have anything to worry about with Aaron Jones maybe being banged up for a few weeks. I think he's going to do fine. Um, so all backup guys who had great weeks at the RB position. If you guys are, if you guys are Kansas city, do you, do you, you know, put Daryl Williams back as the backup? I mean, he has been killing it with CEH out. I think it's probably a split, split load. I feel like CEH has just not been good. Even, I mean, like obviously he's been hurt, but when he's on the, good daryl williams is clearly outshining him i mean that is you know i i agree i think probably i think probably what will happen is a split backfield i just don't know if it should i think they should give the starting job to daryl williams yeah i think their skill sets are a little bit different though like i think having watched both of these guys quite a bit um i think you know clyde is more of the you, you get him out into space, and he's a mismatch on a linebacker. At least that's the thought. Whether he's actually been that in his pro career is very much in question. Darrell Williams, is, I think, is just a more natural running back, you know, as far as between the tackles, hitting a guy, you know, running through some people, that kind of thing. So um, to your point, I, I do think Williams has been better, but I do think they theoretically have different skill sets, and so that might be a, a reason why they – rotate them yeah and, and kansas city's always known for having two or three backs in the backfield um they really yeah. haven't had a solid rb1 that has held down all the carries i don't since priest holmes or larry johnson i don't know 
<laughs> way back. Uh, and that's just kind of the offense that they run. So, and I know that you're saying you would prefer Daryl Williams to get more carries, but I yeah. just don't think that's the way that they do the backfield there anymore. So, yeah. But, uh, well, uh John, you want to guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My top two guys uh, were the top two wide receivers this week and Stefan Diggs and Debo Samuel. Debo's obviously, he's been good all season long. Stefan has kind of been up and down. Um, He's had eight receptions on 13 targets, 162 yards, and a touchdown for 31.2 points. And that's the kind of game you really expect from him. Uh, maybe not 30 week in and week out, but you expect him to get in the you know 20 to 25s pretty much all the time. Um, Debo Samuel, was he had five receptions on five targets uh, for 97 yards, a touchdown, and he had five rushes for 36 yards and a touchdown. So um, getting in the end zone twice, received once for receiving and once for rushing. He had 30.3 points. Um, and San Francisco just dominated the Ram uh, the Rams last night. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely. But I will say I've watched a lot of Rams games. Going back to Cooper Cup, he is so open all the time. I don't know how he gets so open. I'm like, guys, yeah. he, he's literally the number one receiver in the league right now. Somebody it's, it's, get on him. It's just like watching Devontae Smith at Alabama last year. Like in the I mean, national title game, I was like, why don't they have like half the defense on this guy? But he just I, ran with like 10 yards of separation from everybody. I don't know how it happens, and yet it happens. I, I, it doesn't make sense. Because I was playing against Patrick – my team uh, was playing against Patrick Mahomes and Cooper Cup. Those on the same team. And I was like – Okay, cool. Maybe Cooper Cup is finally going to have a bad week. And, you know, he still just was always open. It just was so frustrating for someone who doesn't have Cooper Cup. Anyways, um, thank you all for top performers for week 10. Any other any other analysis we want to go through before we uh, get into our specific league? I don't think so. I have some good analysis for our league, but... Okay. All right, then let's get into it. Will, you want to run us through the Week 10 Power Rankings for the FL-FFL League? Yeah, we'll um, we'll fly through these pretty quickly. Um, number one, change at the top, Chubby Girlies. Just kidding, they're still number one. Um, they kind of scraped by this week against Definitely. a bad team. Uh, no offense, Honeycutt. No, none taken. Uh, but they, you know, but there is, I think, some cause for concern with this team. We've talked about this for weeks. Um, obviously, Mahomes was amazing, scored almost 40 points on his own. Cooper Cup has been literally just out of sight. But the only other players in double digits for this team were the Bills D and Michael Badgley, the kicker. So, again, the kicker scored third most points. Nick Chubb and Jamar Chase were, were – Chubb's obviously hurt. Jamar Chase is on by. Those are obviously huge pieces to this team. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm this team, and I have only two of my seven, like, position players in double digits. That's a little worrisome. So maybe possible reason to worry. Still number one, though. They keep winning, and they are going to make the playoffs and be the one seed most likely. Uh, next, we have Hold My Cooks. Uh, another win this week against No Keepers. Third in points for Jonathan Taylor is becoming a force. Mm-hmm. And this team has a really solid lineup with Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, Tyree Kill, and Mike Evans. Um, 
outside of those guys, I think there's some holes. Uh, Gasicki's okay. Mike Williams has become a huge liability, like we talked about, in their bench. There's no one really on their bench that is someone we can rely on, with the exception of Kareem Hunt, once he comes back. So they need to get some guys healthy for them to really kind of hit the playoffs running. And they need to bench Mike Williams, find another wide receiver to take his spot. Maybe it's Jacoby Myers, who's fine. Maybe Chase Edmonds steps in and takes some uh, share away from um, what's his name? Uh, James Connor. James Connor. Thank you. But yeah. we'll see. They have the um, longest winning streak in the league with four games. So that's nice. Solid number two team. Number three, this is uh, new, I believe. Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, second most in points for this week. The wide receivers. Not great. Odell and Emmanuel Sanders have not been good. They obviously had DeAndre Hopkins, who was hurt. Marquez Callaway is okay and might need to step in for somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. on the bench. Um, but DeAndre Swift has been good. Leonard Fournette's been good. And James Conner has been good, like we talked about. So um, this team has three of the top 13 running backs, and Jalen Hurts is obviously really consistent. So they're good. Uh, next is Run DMC. <clears throat> they got destroyed this week, um, and they went. They dropped to eighth in points four in the league, which is a really bad effort. We talked a little bit about Justin Herbert earlier. Um, it's not easy to ride with him. Uh, Joe Mixon obviously was on by. Allen Robinson, a huge contributor to this team, was on by, and then Alvin Kamara is on IR. So we got to keep in mind those three players, especially Allen Robinson. Really looking forward to him stepping back into the lineup after this bye week and dominating. So, <laughs> um, next, we have Big Easy. Uh, rough week for this team, uh, especially when Daryl Henderson has a bad game. Uh, only three players in double digits, Josh Allen, Hunter Renfro, and Kyle Pitts. Any way you slice it, that's not good, especially when Hunter Renfro is your best wide receiver. <laughs> Um, Kyle Pitts has been playing pretty well. He only scored 10 points this week, but Hawkins and having such a bad week propelled him into the top four. We talked about this team was Josh Allen and uh, Derrick Henry. I'm not ready to say that I was right, but we'll see how this team does next few weeks. Uh, six, the Millennium Falcons. I think they went from 10th in the standings to 6th in the standings. And they're 4th in points four, and only behind Chubby and Cooks ahead of them in the standings. We'll talk about the other team who's behind them in the standings, but is ahead of them in points four in just a minute. Um, this team, I think, would like to move on from Gronk. So if anybody wants Gronk, let me know. Um, but I think especially after the trade, this team has really solidified itself as one of the favorites. Um, Kyler Murray's electric, the wide receivers, the two, the sixth, and the seventh ranked wide receivers, the number two ranked tight end, and then Saquon Barkley, if he comes back even close to what Devontae Booker has been putting up, for example, in recent weeks, this team's going to be set. And A.J. Dillon is going to be a nice, nice piece to have, especially while <clears throat> the running back in Green Bay is hurt. Uh, next, we have no keepers. This is the team that is actually ahead of the Falcons in points four, but tough two-game losing streak. They're a game back in the standings and currently outside of the playoffs, even though they're third in points four. Um, it's tough. If, yeah, I think if you're in the playoff mix, 
you pray that this team doesn't make it because they're going to be a really, really tough team. If you're chubby, girly, cooks, or gangsters, I would hope, hope, hope I don't get keepers in the first round. I think they are a solid team that could beat anybody in the first week of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, number eight, we have CMC. Uh, they're seventh in the standings, uh, so they are in the playoff picture. They have two good running backs, and that's about it, I think, on this team. Uh, at least this week, really tough week. Um, lost to Birdman. Michael Pittman Jr., we've talked about him. He just had a bad week this week. Amari Cooper, he's been very hit or miss. He's got four games under uh, 10 points, two games over 20 points. So, you know, you never really know what you're going to get with him. And Jerry Judy just hasn't really produced. Um, he's getting 11 points, 12 points, whatever, which is fine, but he needs more than that to make up for the lack of production at quarterback and that wide receiver two position. So we'll see. Um, And for the first time, Najee Harris has posted back-to-back weeks with less than 20 points since week two, since week two. So Najee's been over 20 points every single week, except for since since week two. This is back-to-back weeks without 20 points since week two. So if that makes sense, I butchered that a little bit. But anyways, two subpar weeks, if still good, for Najee Harris. Ninth bird, huge win this week. Darrell Williams came up huge. Um, Another team with two really good running backs. Devontae Smith scored 22 points. Is that sustainable? I don't think so. Not with Devontae Smith. Um but they kind of need it. This team needs some wins. They need to try and make the playoffs. They're close. They're very close now. They're just a game back. Um, having spent the entire season at the bottom, there's new life with this team. So hopefully Stafford can keep it up. Cook and Elliott can carry this team. Next we have Matty Ice. Five-game losing streak. Five-game mm. losing streak. 11th in the standings. This guy is one of the people who is advising you in the podcast. I might suggest maybe not taking his advice as seriously as some of the other hosts in the podcast. <laughs> Just a thought. He's 11th in the standings and is running a five-game losing streak. I will say, though, he's 7th in points four. So that's not the worst. Um, next, we have Fuck you Town Fellas. They're tied with four of their teams at three and seven. Still a shot at the playoffs, but they need, need, need some wins. They really had no shot this week. Um but hopefully next week they play keepers, and that's a huge, huge game because they're both three and seven, and the winner of that is not necessarily in the playoffs, but really makes a huge step forward into getting there. Um, they're projected to lose big, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And the last, Daddy Kyle, is eighth in the playoff picture, but there is absolutely no margin of error because of their ridiculously low points for. Most teams have scored a hundred or more points for this team over the course of the season. Um, that's tough. That's 10 points a week. Um, not easy. And this team places plays gangsters this week, and that's going to be a really, really tough pill to swallow. So those are the top 12. Nice. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Power rankings for week 10. Um John, you want to walk us through major buys? Some teams that are on buys this week that might impact some scoring. Yeah, so we have the uh, Broncos and the Rams are on buy. So for Broncos, that's Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Um, 
Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Did I miss anybody? Oh, Noah Fant. Noah Fant. Yeah, he's on yeah. Yeah. he was he was hurt. He, I think yeah. he'll be back though. To... <clears throat> um, which you know, again, he's a, not a great tight end, but um, any tight end who breathes uh, needs to be mentioned. So, <laughs> correct. Um, the Rams. You have uh, Stafford, Cup, Henderson, Jefferson, um, OBJ, uh, and and Higby. Um, Can we and, scratch out OBJ as fantasy relevant at this point? Well, like, I, I what's I would it going to take for this guy not to? <laughs> be considered fantasy relevant. The guy's been bad for years. Years. We'll see. we'll see because he had a bad quarterback in Baker Mayfield the last several years. And they just signed him and Robert Woods got hurt literally the day they signed him. So I mean I think there's potentially a role for him. If he I, I'll give him two, you know, two weeks. And if he doesn't turn things around, then yes, I think we can make him not fantasy relevant and he should be dropped. But I'm interested to see how he fits in LA. Like, has he been good since his rookie year? Was he good in year two? I don't remember. It's a legit he, question. He had a few. I th- I feel like his second year was decent enough for him for his hype to continue. But what was his second year? 2015. Man, like, I don't this even guy's remember. been because he was on the 2011 LSU team as a freshman, sophomore, junior. That's 12 and 13. His First year in the NFL was 2014, and he probably hasn't been fantasy relevant for six years, and we're still talking about this guy. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, he. I would say since since him not wearing a Giants uniform, he has not been relevant. He had some pretty good years as a Giant. Yeah. I. But, again, it was, what, his first and second year? So – we're talking about since 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, sorry, that's a high horse. I've been on like, why? What's it going to take for us to stop talking about o- Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't get it. Anyways, yeah, whatever. Okay, before we walk into matchup previews, I have a question for us. I'm going to pose out there. This is kind of a, a along with trades, specifically for our league. So, when you're when you're developing a trade and you're thinking through a trade. What? How much of the percentage of it is what you're giving to the another team? Like, how how much does that come into the equation? What would y'all say? I think it depends for me on how desperate I am and how badly I need to fill you know me to need. Um, I, I for the most part I don't really care because I'm going to have to give somebody something. I mean, you know, with the exception of that one trade I almost had with Omar, um, there. I'm going to have to give up something to get something. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't really realistically go into any trade, especially on a redraft league like ours and expect to get Austin Eckler for Alex Collins. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you just can't like with a, with a keepers league or with a, um, you know, a dynasty league where there's value and I could trade you, you know, some pieces that we you think will be better in, in you know, future years to, so that I can win now or something, you know, there's, it's a difference, but I, for the most part, I don't really consider it. I mean, it, it just depends. Um, I'm more, I guess I more look at what I'm giving up and if it's worth it and not necessarily what I'm giving to the other team. It's more so just, does that make sense? Like what I'm going to mm-hmm. lose to get what yeah. I want to get versus I'm giving this person value. Gotcha. That makes sense. I have a point to my question, but um, 
Will, what what is your take on it? I almost it doesn't matter to me because if I'm making the trade, it means I'm improving my team, and if I'm improving my team, then it's a, like or it's irrelevant. Like especially in the case of the trades I just made, I feel like I put myself in the best possible position to win the league. And yeah, I gave away Najee Harris to someone who already had Christian McCaffrey. But looking at my team, I felt my team was the best, if not the best team in the league. It's very, very close. I think for sure, after that trade, my team is the team with the fewest holes. Uh, so it it's almost doesn't matter at all to me. There might be a case where if I'm trading with someone who's like first in the league, but then I'm thinking, why are they making that trade anyway? I don't know. I don't think it really matters to me at all, I think. I don't know if I've ever considered it. Well, I say all that to say is there's a person in our league who always seems to pull off these trades that makes their team better around this time. And he's on this podcast. And I don't know how he persuades these people to go through with it. Because you got to think on the other side, he is always improving his team. Mm, I wonder Who are you talking about? I like he's talking about me. Say, He's talking about me. Not at all. <laughs> I, there's, I, I always just scratch my head of like, guys, why are y'all training these people to will? I don't understand. I just don't get it. You know he has a method to his madness. Don't give him any bite. What do you let me? I'm just curious. What do you think my method is, Honeycut? Like, what do you? Well, I'm what do saying you think I'm doing when I make these trades. Just like you just did, you flipped a player and you and you made a better trade that made your overall team better by making this one deal. And so, you there's a method to your badness. Like you, like you said, you look for consistency and you are trying to make your overall score go higher. So, yeah, I do. I do think people get way too concerned with names. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, who cares what the name is? If your team gets better, why does it matter? Like, your team yeah. is getting better. You're improving your chances to win. What so, do you mean like, names? Like names that, like their team name? For No, for example, some people said this person is off the table. I will never trade this person. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That mentality to me makes zero sense because Christian McCaffrey is a great example, right? In many cases, Christian McCaffrey is like, untradeable well if i offer you Najee harris and devo samuel for christian mccaffrey and your other wide receivers in your case lastly let's look at your case right let's yeah. say you had christian mccaffrey i had Najee harris your receivers are michael pittman amari cooper and jerry judy if i said hey trade me Najee harris and devo samuel for christian mccaffrey and michael pittman that's a pretty darn good trade i think for both parties, but let's say I don't ask for Michael Pittman, ask for Amari Cooper for Hollywood Brown. I would make that trade if I were you in a heartbeat because I get the number four wide receiver and the number six wide receiver. I'm sorry, the number four running back and the number six wide receiver for Christian McCaffrey, who's amazing, but Amari Cooper, are you kidding me? I'm improving my wide receiver position a ton and I'm only giving yeah. a little bit at running back, but people will say, no, I'll never trade Christian McCaffrey, like whatever. Now you might not make the trade I just proposed, but at the very least it should be a conversation because it could very well improve your team by a lot. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think, I, yeah, in that scenario, I, I may not take the Michael Pittman because he's he's right. Receiver he's eight. eight. Yeah. But yeah. I would for sure do that for Cooper because Cooper's been not great. So but, and but I, I get point, it. Debo Debo's wide receiver, too. So like yeah. number let's let's assume McCaffrey's one. He's not one this season, but he's that kind of talent. Wide receiver. I'm sorry. Running back one for running back four. And then wide receiver two and wide receiver eight, that at the very least should be something someone considers. Yeah. No, I definitely. And I and I would say, you know, McCaffrey is currently wide or he's currently running back twenty-six and he missed five weeks. Right. That's my point. With him, you, you know assume I mean? he's one yeah. or two. You know, there's there's almost no one else as valuable as him. But anyways, honeycut to your point, I look to improve my team. Also, I don't care about the bench. Well, and I'll say even to, to, to expound on Will's point even more about pe- people being untradeable. If I said Christian McCaffrey is untradeable, technically even 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 more on Will's point, if Will offered me Najee Harris, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown for Christian McCaffrey, now he would never do that. But if he did, of course I'm taking that. So yes, Christian McCaffrey is tradable. There should be nobody on anybody's roster who is a hundred percent untradable. I mean, if if you literally got, you know, does that make you know what I mean? Like, of, yes, obviously, like the, there should be no scenario when you say I'm never trading that person. Now you can say I'm going to have to get a lot back for Christian McCaffrey because I value him a lot. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no scenario where anybody should be untradable. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, I'm just going back to it. Usually every year, Will pulls off one or two trades that that move him to be the top team in the league. Why do we keep doing that? Why do we keep allowing him to do that? That's my that's my it's my quandary. And I, I'm I've traded with him before. I'm just saying, I don't know why. Well, I think it's it's all about perceived value too. And in a league like this, where you know you're drafting, you're trading for one season and one season only it's really about i mean i because i i come out came out of that trade thinking i improved my team from where it was will came out of that trade thinking he improved his team obviously lance came out of that trade thinking he improved his his team now i don't think lance improved his team i think will improved his team and i think i improved my team you know what i mean but like lance doesn't make that trade you don't make a trade trying to make your team worse unless you're omar you know what i mean and so the it's all about perceived value. I think that's the hard thing, but yeah, you're right. Will does make good trades and I'll just, I'll say it. Will is a great fantasy football player. He just, he has a knack for knowing who is good and who's going to produce. Well, the the other thing, the, the final thing I'll say is there's always a way to improve your team. So I pull up all the rosters. I think who's the player I'd want. Who's a player I could give to get that player? And then who from my bench? And the bench is very key. I don't care about the bench. I really don't care about the bench. In a league like this where eight teams make the playoffs, if my team is as good as I think it is, which is one of the best teams in the league, then why would I care about the bench? Why would I care about giving up a few games? Because I have to start, I don't know, Darnus Johnson when Chubb is healthy. Why do I care about that if – the next week I'll have Saquon Barkley or insert running back that's really good here to play when the playoffs come. So I trade I trade bench players like it's nothing because to me they are nothing. I want I want really good starters and I'll trade everything to get really good starters. 
So I'm probably giving away like my whole philosophy, but if you haven't seen that at this point, well, that's you need what some I'm, help anyway. That's what I'm saying. The, the only, uh, the only thing I'd say, Will, and I, I agree with you and I, and I'm, I've started to shift. I'm, I haven't maybe sold out as much as I would like to, but I've started to shift my strategy in that direction too. The hard thing is when you're a fringe playoff team, like you got, I like, I can't afford to to lose a couple games here or there anymore to to just make it to the playoffs because I might not make it to the playoffs. No, you're right. You know what I mean? You're right. And then in my situation, almost all my guys had buys like the last probably two weeks ago and three weeks ago. So I could make that trade now and not worry about it because everyone else. Right. You know, Hollywood Brown and Depot Samuel and Mark Andrews and all these guys already had buys. So, no, that's a, you got to factor that in at least a little bit, but generally, I I don't I don't care about that bench players. I mean, well, I'm off my rant. I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Um, let's get into match you pre- match up previews and predictions for this next week. Who wants to walk us through it? Not me, John. You got it. Um, why don't you do it? Cause I think, let me look, pull up the, uh, I don't know if I actually have made my picks technically yet. So I might be winging it. Do on you have the one. updated, do you have the updated, uh, standings? Yes, I do have the updated standings. I didn't get a lot of time to prepare today. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have my picks in. So Honeycut, do you have your picks? Um, not necessarily, but I, I can, I can wing it. Why don't, I mean, I, well, I can wing it too. We'll just start. You, you want me to go through the the updates first? Yeah, go through the updates, and I can I can start because I've made my picks like a good okay. uh, like a good manager. Nice. So Will is twenty eight and twenty six. Honeycut is twenty five and twenty nine, and I am twenty nine and twenty five. Ooh. Um, Will gained got a game on me or gained a game on me. Um, Last week, I don't think Will made any bold predictions. I, I said Austin Eckler would score 33 or more points and become RB1, and he did not. I also said Aaron Rodgers would come back from his COVID tour and um, score 10 more points than Allen, and he did not. But the two ones I got correct. I did predict that uh, the Willennium Falcons would be the highest scorer of the week. And I also said on that um, Mahomes versus getting benched on Chubby's team for Carson Wentz. Man, what a call. Um, I said Mahomes would outscore Wentz and it would be the difference in a W for Chubby. And it was. Oh, it definitely was. Definitely was. So that one hit hit it hard on that one. Sweet. Did you count mine that I added to the thing? Yes, I did. Okay. I'm still that far behind. Man. I think you're only a game behind, right? No, you're two or three games behind. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Y'all have 28 and 29 and I have 25. <laughs> Honeycut. Well, I said it earlier. There's someone in this podcast you might not want to listen to. So. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right, let's let's get rolling. Uh, first matchup is Cooks versus the Falcons. Um, Saquon's probably back. Aaron Jones is out, which means A.J. Dillon – and Saquon should have good weeks. Also, Kyler Murray's back. Um, I think the Falcons are the deeper team, and they should win. But, and I mentioned this earlier, this is a week where people are coming back from injury. Kyler Murray and Saquon Barkley specifically. So I'm really, really hesitant to pick the Falcons here, even though I want to. So I'm going to go Cooks. 
Um, wow. Because I do think there is something to this. And again, I have no scientific reason to think this other than just anecdotally, but I, I think it's the case. So I'm picking Cooks. Um, I'm, I'm going the opposite way. Falcons, they're on a roll. I think Dylan's going to have a big game. I think Lamb's going to come back again. Samuel, again, is going to have a good game, and Murray's going to be fine. So only question mark I have for this team is Barkley, but I still think he has enough for them to get the win. So I'm picking the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons here as well. Um, I hear what you're saying, Will, about the injury, and the only I, I would have maybe that concern with Saquon. I don't think I feel like the Cardinals have been pretty conservative with Kyler. I think he could have played last week, but they held him out. So I'm I'm wondering if you know maybe last week would have been that bad injury game, or you know coming back from injury game. Um, CD is questionable, and so is Debo, but I think that'll pass. I think they'll play. Um, I think I mean I I think the Falcons are going to take this one um, from Cooks. Yep. Cool. Okay. I might want to change my pick. I'll, I'll let you guys know before we officially lock it up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fall behind Lassie too much. And this one is more. So. All right, next we have Matty Ice and Birdman. Um, can Matty Ice lose six straight? Oh, Gosh. No. Help, me. Six Help straight. me. Help me. Uh, Bird, Bird needs to replace Stafford in his lineup and a kicker. But I, I do think there's some decent options. You can find a quarterback and obviously kicker. Who cares? Um, so I think I might go bird with this one. And I think Maddie ice loses six straight. I'm going with wow. Maddie ice and the boys. <laughs> I, I feel like as you, some, as you have like the last six weeks. Yes. I feel like at some point I got to break the streak. It's the opposite. You know, it's kind of the opposite of chubby. You don't, you, you don't go against them. You just keep going for them. I'm having the opposite approach with my team. I'm going to keep going with them until we get a win. So, go. um, I have to feel like at some point my this team has to piece everything together. We have not had a solid week where everyone has contributed the way they're supposed to contribute yet. So I'm hoping that is this week Matty Ice takes it. Yeah, I'm going to go Matty Ice by a hair here, and he has a hole to fill at tight end, obviously. Uh, Bird has quarterback and kicker, like we'll say. Um, I thought about that. Let's revis- revisit. Sorry, Lassie. No, you're good. Um, he, you know, Honeycutt's benching um, Russell Wilson for Joe Burrow. Uh, Burrow has the higher projection, but that, that's an interesting move there. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Um, but overall, you know, I don't expect Devontae Smith and Cole Beasley to continue their tear, uh, or not their tear. Their um, Devontae Smith from last week. I don't expect that, and I don't think Cole Beasley is a good wide receiver too. Um, and then. So yeah, those are two kind of big holes for Birdman. I just don't think it, he's going to have have what it takes. Uh, so I'm going with Matty Ice to break his losing streak. Oh, thank goodness! Need it. Cool. Okay, next we have Funky Town versus Keepers. This one I think is easy. Uh, I think Keepers is the better team. Um, they should win this game, especially with Patterson probably out this week. Um, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the keepers. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going keepers here. I'm really interested about Chris Carson and seeing what he's going to contribute when he comes back. Is he is he going to be anywhere close to the player he was? That could really help this team by sticking him in the flex. 
even more so, and that's why what you said earlier, him being a sneaky playoff team, don't want to face him in first round. Uh, I'm going with the keepers. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the keepers too. I, I want to take the Funky Town fellas real bad, but they have just been so unlucky. I mean, making that trade with Will and Devontae Parker literally maybe 20 minutes after the trade goes through, getting on IR really stinks. Um, and Cordell Patterson being hurt. I mean, that that's he's just Funky Town's just had some some rough luck there. Um, I don't know how no keepers is only three and seven. Uh, maybe he's had some bad luck too, but I think keepers is going to take this one. Cool. Big easy versus DMC. Um, this one's a tough one because I think both teams aren't very good. So, you know, bummer. Uh, give me DMC though. Uh, Henderson's on by, uh, he's been a really good player for this team. So I think there's, they don't really have a player to replace him with. They have Clyde in the lineup currently. He's projected to be back this week. Um, but it's returning from injury week and I, I don't know, just give me, give me, uh, give me run DMC. Yeah, fully agree. Run DMC all the way. RBs are nowhere to be seen on Big Easy's team. I don't want McNichols. Who knows about Edwards um, Hilaire? Um, so just rough having Henderson out. Um, bold prediction here. Um, Kamara and Mixon will outscore the other two running backs by 35. Nice. Com- combined. Oh, not each individually? No, no. <laughs> I, I have it down as individual. So, okay, yeah. no, no, man, I really want to go with Big Easy here just because I don't, I don't think overall that DMC is a good team, but they have a lot of win. I mean, they've, they've won a lot uh, and they're leading their division. And y'all make some good points. I mean, CEH, even if he's back, I don't know if, I don't know what his role is going to be. Um, Jeremy McNichols, it's hard to have him as your RB2. Jarvis Landry, hard to have him as your wide receiver too. I mean, he, Big Easy just has some some holes to fill here, and I don't know if there's anything he can really do. I mean, if Devontae Freeman can be stellar like he was like two weeks ago and five years ago, then maybe. But, um, yeah, I, I think DMC is going to take this one. Big Easy, you want to improve your team? Text me about Josh Allen. Just saying. Text me about Josh Allen. All right, next we have Gurley's and CMC. Uh, never bet against, never bet against Alabama except for this week. Melvin Gordon's on by, Sonny Michelle's on by, Cooper Cup's on by, <clears throat> Nick Chubb. I don't know if he's going to come back, and even if he does, it's. I mean, he's he's projected to play, but you know, I, I'm I'm big on this injury thing, so I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with run CMC here. So, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Oh, man. I know. I've been saying this for like seven weeks. Don't pick against Alabama. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, they're going to replace Cooper Cup with Jamar Chase, which is awesome. And they're going to put Nick Chubb in there for Melvin Gordon. <clears throat> but then they're going to have Chuba Hubbard in for Sonny Michelle. Like, it's, they're kind of in a tough spot with all the buys. So I think just for this week, I'm going with I'm going with run CMC. Oh, man. 
I want so bad to continue to pick Chubby, but I just don't think I can this week. Uh, I mean, because this team has Najee Harris in their flex for this week. Um, so I feel like their three running backs combination is going to be killer. Uh, Stevenson did great last week, still has a chance to get some carries, at least being a flex player to RB2. So I'm going with run CMC. Yeah, I think I got lucky here uh, matching up with Chubby in this week um, with him, his, you know, a lot of his guys or a lot of his big scores on by. Um, but and then with Nick Chubb being potentially out, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with CMC and I got to win. I got to have a win. If I lose, I can't lose anymore. I think my margin of error is very small. I can't lose. I got to keep winning to make playoffs. So we're going with the CMC guys. Yeah. And then last but not least, Gangsters versus Daddy Kyle. I I mean, this is Gangsters is a better team. They don't really have anybody on by or anybody hurt um, other than Odell Beckham Jr. But again, he's not fantasy relevant. I have more info on that, by the way. Um, yeah, this is Gangsters. Yeah, I I would go Gangsters too, for sure. I really would love for him to have someone else to put in besides Sanders. Um, but he doesn't. So, and I, But I still think he gets it with his team overall. So going with uh, Gangsters. I'm going to go with Gangsters too. I mean, he has he – ha- he, has DeAndre Swift starting, Leonard Fournette starting, and James Conner in his flex, and he still has David Montgomery on his bench. I just um, saw that. I mean, just crazy. You know, he's going to run away with this one for sure. Potential trade suitor here, Honeycutt. You, you could you could maybe try to go after one of his running backs and uh, for one of your wide receivers. That might be a good match. I don't know. Gangsters doesn't trade very much, though. Um, no, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you could. I mean, you you need to you need to hone in on this. Emmanuel Sanders is your wide receiver too, dude, and you have already two solid running backs in Swift and Fournette. Not to mention James Conner and David Montgomery. Like he, I'm he doesn't you. even you know. Yeah, he, he can I'm do with it. You. I'm certain you have wide receivers need... galore. So, well, they're not really performing. Yeah, like they would like so. I mean, Devontae Adams is in top four. You know he is, but and I, you just talked he... about how how Deontay Johnson is doing really well. So, don't come at me with my receiver receivers, receivers aren't doing good. I'm trying to like give some of my team credit, you know, because we're playing so terrible. Anyways, oh man, I mean. My man Corey Davis is averaging almost 14 points a game. So when he's in, he's he's been in and out. Yeah, no, he has he has been really in and out. But anyways, can't be consistent at all. Uh, Quick quick note on Odell Beckham Jr. and his fantasy stats. So if you look at PPR points for his entire career, rookie season, which was 2014, like I thought, 295, 319 in year two, 296. And year three, and then 74, 230, 201, 86, and 45. Hmm. So, especially the last five years, give me one second. I'm going to do a quick Excel formula here. Give me one minute. Equals average. Gosh, sorry, hold on. Equals average. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. 
He averages 127.2 fantasy points over the last five seasons. That is less than 10 per game. That is a lot less than 10 per game. Yeah. Now, granted, that's does not that includes the games played so far this year. So give me one second. 16, 16 He has 16, been hurt in some 16. of those seasons. So it's not like, you know. Yeah, I'm about to I'm about to add up the games he played. So equals four. Plus. Yeah, I feel like I mean one year he was out almost all year long. No, another year he missed a ton of games. I'm about I'm, to tell I'm, you how many points he had. Per I'm game. totally with you, Will. I think he's way overhyped. I never want him on my team. Yeah, he's he's on my never draft list. And yeah, trade for list. Yeah, I think I just think he's just he's just not fantasy relevant for whatever reason. If it's injury, if it's he's just not good. It's a bad quarterback. Whatever. I'm about to tell you how many points he averaged per game that he played over that span. If only you would have had this prepared. Fourteen points. He averaged. 14 PPR points over the last five seasons per game. So I mean, while not terrible, that's not bad. No, that's, that's in a, in a, in mean, that's... a it's flex. It's flex numbers. And that gives him that does not detract from the fact that he's almost never available. 2017, he played four games. 2018, he played 12 games. 2019, he played 16 games. 2020, he played seven games. It's true, and the best ability is availability. We talked about that last week. It's super important in podcasting. <laughs> it's super important in fantasy football. So, is is Matthew Honeycutt the OBJ of podcasts? Whoa! Some people I miss, have said. I miss I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I didn't I'm even get saying. to talk about my vacay. Anyways, I didn't even have a vacay. We I don't, don't care about Disney, dude. I don't Honeycutt, want to talk about. That's Disney. for little kids. Not I had a hundred. I had a hundred and three temperature on Wednesday. You can talk about it at the end when we close, and I'll use it as a cold open so you can get your your thing in there. All right. Hey, before we move on, can I talk about this uh, schedule comparison, strength of schedule for our league? I know we're kind of running over, but I wanted Will and I wanted to talk about this this week. Go for it. Go for it. Hit us. Okay, so um, looking at strength of schedule, I'm comparing how the league overall, or you know, each team individually did it would do against Team X's schedule. So like how each team would do against Cook's schedule, Easy's schedule, Falcons schedule, etc. Okay, who do you think has the like the league have has the highest winning percentage against their schedule? Who do you think it is? Meaning their schedule is the easiest. I'd have to guess DMC. Yeah, I would have to guess DMC too. DMC is fifth, actually. Wow. Yeah. Bryce, maybe we should be giving you more credit. Not the league. Um, Chubby. Chubby's in the top three. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to go with Cooks. Cooks is the top. The league has a total record of 71 and 39 against Cooks' schedule. Wow. Mm. There are eight winning records against Cook's schedule. Eight teams have winning records against his schedule. Interesting. Um, Chubby, we've talked about him before. I've mentioned him. So I'll I'll run through the top three real quick. Uh, Cook's and then Daddy Kyle and then Chubby. Chubby has seven winning records um, against his schedule. Wait, Daddy Kyle's one of the top three schedules with winning records? Like he, meaning he has a t- he has the easiest schedule. 
I guess that makes sense because he's by far the fewest in points for, and he's still in the playoff picture. Right. So I guess exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he has the second easiest schedule comparatively, if that makes sense. Okay. Who are the um, hardest? Hardest. Who do you think the hardest are? I'm going to say Funky Town's got to be up there. Funky Town is in the bottom three. So, yeah. Or top three hardest. Um, Probably No Keepers. No Keepers is not. Bird. Birdman is. Yeah. That's two of the top three. Top, two of the hardest three. I'm going to say... Matty Ice. Matty <laughs> Ice is not. He's fourth. Wow. I'm going to say the Falcons. Falcons is not. Uh, then Gangsters. Nope. CMC. Okay. I am the, so Bird is the hardest. The league is 42 and 68 against Bird's schedule. Wow. There is one winning record against Bird's schedule and 10 of even or losing records against Bird's Who schedule. Who is the winning record against Bird's schedule? Uh, I can that? tell you. I do. I need to pull it up. I was looking at a different spreadsheet. Hold on. So the winning record against Bird is the Falcons. What's up, dude? You're seven and three against his schedule. Everyone else is like three and seven, two and eight, four and six. Well, five, and they're I mean, bad. We know who has the best team. So, um, the league is forty-five and sixty-five against my schedule. There's only two winning records against my schedule, and Funky Town. There's also only two winning records against his schedule. They are league is fifty and sixty against Funky Town. So, and then flipping that, your team versus other schedules. I wanted to see how many winning, you know, how many number of, like, for example, the Matty Ice, his team versus other team schedules, how many would be winning records? How many, how many yeah. of those would Matty Ice have a winning If Matty record? Ice played Chubby Gurley's schedule, what would his record be? So if Matty Ice, you want to know that specifically? No, that's just. Yes. Oh, okay. I do though. I do. If Matty Ice played Chubby Gurley's schedule, he would be five and five. God, I, wish. I wish. All right. So, how many how many winning records would so teams have against the person's schedule? Who do you think that the top three winning records are? The Falcons, Chubby Girlies, and Cooks, which makes sense because they're pro- they're probably the top three in points scored or close. Falcons is fourth, Keepers so, yeah. is third. So yeah, but still close. And then the bottom three. Um, Funky Town and Daddy Kyle would not have a winning record against anybody's schedule. Oh, geez. <laughs> and Big Easy would only have one winning record against uh, anybody else's schedule. Wait, Big so. Easy would only have one winning record against yes. anybody else's schedule? Yes. And Big Easy is six and four? Yeah, so Big Easy, look, get wow. this. He is That's literally, crazy. okay, Big Easy would be four and six against Chubby Girlies and Birdman's schedule. He'd be five and five against the Falcons, Matty Ice, DMC, Daddy Kyle, No Keepers, CMC, Funky Town, and and Cooks, and then he'd be six and four against uh, the Gangsters. And his own schedule. Obviously. And his own schedule. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Big <laughs> so, easy. <laughs> just nuts. Anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting, and you know, like a guy like you know Will, you were saying over text last week that, I mean, you have eight winning records against the against the league the average is four so your team performs really well you just had a hard i mean you just have a hard hard um schedule you know you're yeah. 
as far as how it's panning out. So yeah. anyway, just an interesting, interesting stats there. We can we can update that in a couple weeks to see, you know, how which how it which works. team has the most winning records? You and Chubby. We're tied for eight. Eight, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Interesting. So anyway, I I thought that was that was pretty pretty interesting. I'm seeing if there's anyone else who uh, any other accounts. Can, can you like, could you go through real quick and just say how many winning records each team has? Is yeah. That, would that be easy? Yeah. So Falcons has eight winning records against this. The, so this is the Falcons versus the, the league. Falcons has eight winning records. Chubby has eight. Cooks has seven. Gangsters has five. No keepers. CMC and Bird have four. Matty Ice has three. DMC has two. Easy has one. And Daddy and Funky Town have zero. Ouch. That is but crazy. That, but it's hurt. just winning records. So like mine, I could have seven that are like six and four. But but Wally, for example, which I'd be girlies could have seven that are like seven and three. So right. it's not necessarily how good your team is. It's just a, a winning record number. Right. But it's crazy. Those teams like DMC and easy. They, they only have two chances to have winning records against different schedules. And one of them is their own schedule. And that's crazy. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I didn't inc- include their own schedule into this. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Br- Bryce's is three out of 12 if he had two. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Like if yeah. I included his, he'd have three. Winning. Three out of 12. Yeah. And right. what, what is his record right now? Oh, he's, like he's seven and two. Seven and three or something. Seven and three. Seven and three. Yeah, seven and three. That is crazy, though. That how many other schedules he could have had. Sometimes things just break your way, man. Sometimes man. things just break your way. I'm telling you, they're not. Yeah, I mean, way. he would be Bryce would be two and eight against your schedule, Honeycut. He'd be four and six Gosh. against Will's schedule. <laughs> He'd be three and seven against Gangsta's schedule. Three and seven against Birdman's schedule. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh fantasy un- football is a beautiful unbelievable. Thing. It's a beautiful oh, thing. Gosh. Anyway, I thought that was pretty fun, you know, little analysis there to, to, no, that um, is. to awesome. look at the at the league. So cool. All right. Everybody, I think that wraps us up for week or episode eleven of the FLFFL podcast. Y'all have any closing statements for us? I don't listen to fantasy football podcast. You're too early. You're too early. Come on. I, I don't. I don't have anything else to say. So if, I'm send us some mailbag questions. Follow us on social media. Do the, do the things. You guys know it. Have a great week of fantasy football. It's coming down to the wire, so you got to get a win. Four games yeah. left. Four. That's right. Games left before playoffs, obviously. For everybody that's at the bottom, just keep winning. Just keep winning. Hope you keep winning, and keep it chilling, my friends. See y'all. Have a great week. I said all I needed to say.